Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the Barbie that hates capitalism. Today we have Ozzy, Zoe, and Adelaide. And today, if it wasn't obvious, we were talking about the Barbie movie. (laughs) Um, You know we had to. We could not leave this one alone. Um, If you haven't yet seen it and are planning to, we'd recommend you do that before listening since there will be some spoilers ahead. I would say more so for like the vibe of the movie than anything plot related. Um, I don't think this is a movie where like knowing the exact plot would necessarily really ruin the experience, but like having a specific joke or costume explained in advance might make it slightly less fun to have that revealed. So just up to you if you prefer to go into movies like this that generate a lot of discourse, like as cold as possible, see it first. But if not, then I don't know if you'll understand a lot of what we're about to say, but join us. Here we go. Join us. Um, so I guess let's let's just get into it. Um. I wanted to start out with talking a little bit about like some background on the movie and like various people involved. Um, Specifically, I wanted to talk a little bit about Greta Gerwig because she was the, I believe, co-writer and co-director with her husband, Noah Baumbach. Uh, There has been some debate over like which parts of the script each of them were responsible for. But um, basically, she is like a feminist filmmaker in some ways she i guess makes a lot of movies that i feel like fit into some sort of like sad girl canon um one might say uh so that includes uh francis ha and more recently ladybird um which i think is relevant little to women. me specifically yes also little women um so she does have like some history of working with like existing media properties um but yeah with ladybird i feel like a lot of my friends had like trans mask readings of that or like i guess just felt like there were a lot of aspects of trans mask experience that were captured by that movie and like what it's like to like have a girlhood but not really identify strongly with it and kind of like want to there's like a part where she changes her name um Obviously, we have no way of knowing if, like, Greta Gerwig has any trans feelings. Um, I think, to me, it's more so that, like, I think she captured something really, like, relevant about kind of, like, dissociation from female identity or, like, feeling, questioning, like, your connection to an identity of womanhood in a way that I think a lot of trans and gender nonconforming people related to, even if, like, I, obviously, that's not, like, the only group that could relate to this. Um, I think there's a lot of, like, relevance for queer femininity as well um, as various other experiences. Um, but I guess all of that said, I sort of went into this movie being unsure, like, how much it was going to be, like, I don't know, like, to have potentially some, like, trans reading of it, um, which... I did not personally come away with, although um, I did hear an amazing trans reading of it that I want to talk more about later. Um, but I guess just, you know, I part of why I was excited about this movie is because of Greta Gerwig's involvement. So that feels like important to say. Um, and then I think the other thing I wanted to mention was just like the way that specific people's like specific actors role in the movie was marketed. Um, I feel like listeners may remember because we did our own uh, versions of the like Barbie and Ken posters, but um, there was like a day where the production team released all of these posters of like all of the characters. And it, I guess, just made it a bit hard to tell like who was going to be the most prominent. So like, for example, they're all like photos, like headshots of the people. And like, I found it kind of misleading that Helen Mirren had like a headshot and it said she was the narrator, but like she was only in it as a voice. If you went into it wanting to see Helen Mirren, she's not in it. So sorry. Um, I was disappointed. Also, um, there's another actress, Nicola Coughlin, who uh, 
I really like from Jersey Girls or Dairy not Girls. Jersey Girls. Dairy Girls. Um The Realized Dairy Girls. Yes. Uh yes, she's a, she plays a queer character. Um, she's great. Um, so she had like a poster for this, but then she's literally in like one shot of the movie, and it was like basically her filming schedule didn't actually allow for her to be there, but it was just strange to me that they like made this poster and then it's like she's barely even in the movie like maybe they should have just let let it go a little bit and not tried to like pack the cast with like every single star that like some of them didn't even get didn't have like a significant role um but then there were also things that i thought were done really effectively like i thought the um like the way that alan was promoted um felt like very true to his role in the movie there's um, only one alan Yes, and that that really was just such a key part of the movie. Like that was something that I was worried was not going to be as big of a part, and it really was, and I loved that. So um, I didn't yeah. know Michael Sarah was in the movie, and like the day before I saw it, I just randomly in conversation said, "Like I haven't seen Michael Sarah in a while. He should be in more things again." And and then he just appeared. <laughs> then there he was. <laughs> you asked, and the universe <laughs> delivered. <laughs> or like maybe in the back of my mind I did know but I didn't consciously know for sure yeah I think I mean I probably just spent way too much time looking at these advertising posters I feel like I've been really obsessed with a lot of the the marketing around this movie has been very like uh slick and kind of like doll-like in mm -hmm. a way that I mm -hmm. think just by the end of it honestly I felt like I was getting a bit oversaturated by it just because there was so much advertising but like in the beginning it was just kind of fun to see these like very I don't know like old plastic style looking like it was like the actors almost are like made to look like dolls um and I feel like that was just a fun aesthetic to see so but I'm I'm so glad that you were pleasantly surprised by Michael Sarah. Um, I, I was, was like, pleasantly surprised by yeah. him as well. Like I knew he was going to be in it, but I was like, he did a great job. He did. I was also I was trying not to know that much about the movie, but I also went in like Same. being like I'm going to have fun and I love this movie and I am a Barbie apologist, but I I knew I would. I don't think the movie is perfect. I just also don't think it needs to be. But we'll get no, into. I it. agree. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yes. Um. Yes, I feel like my primary goal in watching it was having a good time, and that was for sure accomplished. 100%. So yeah. I think it hit it hit its goal in that sense for me. Yeah, I um, saw it twice within the first week it was out. I have no regrets. <laughs> Amazing. Of course. That's I would go fun. again. If anyone wants to go, go I'll go again. <laughs> I'll go with you. I'll hop Let's, on the I train. feel like we have, yeah, we have to do a, a cup and meetup to yes. watch it again. Um, Anytime. But I know, Zoe, you also wanted to talk a little bit about, like, the background of Barbie as as a doll, as a product. Um, do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, only, like, super briefly, because I think there's, like, so many, I've at least been seeing so many TikToks and stuff about the history of Barbie, and I don't really think we're here to cover there's that. There's just so much to get into, yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, Barbie has a long sorted history. Um, so just like a tiny bit. So the first Barbie debuted March 9th, 1959 um, by Ruth Handler, who is like addressed in the movie. Um, and we'll get to that. But so Handler named the doll after her daughter, who actually is in the movie. Um, in the real world, the older woman who's like sitting on the bench with Barbie when Barbie realizes that she can cry is Barbara Handler. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and so the doll was based on this German doll named Lily, who was like a bar a similar sized doll, but was supposed to be really sexy. And like German soldiers would like carry this doll as like kind of like a sex doll, not like a big sex doll like we think of, but just like like kind of in Lighthouse where they have that little like mermaid figure. It's supposed to be this like sexy little doll. Um, um okay like more of a like i don't know like having a photo or like a yeah or something okay. yeah um which That's also so wow. i couldn't find like confirmation of this but um is like alleged to have been based off of nazi propaganda of like these like hot blonde women which like makes sense um yeah i, I would totally buy that right like i think that is true but i, I can't cite a source um 
anyway right. I guess and it's also like so many <laughs> other things in like western culture do push towards that mm-hmm. ideal so mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah it could be hard to say like was it nazism was it other racism <laughs> we, we don't know <laughs> we don't know for sure but we also do know for sure right. um and yeah then mattel acquired the rights like to mm-hmm. that lily doll if you look it up they're like very very similar looking especially to like the first barbie that came out um and here we are and Mattel is very much behind this movie which in some ways makes sense and in some ways is kind of wild there are some things that I was like surprised that they let in there Mm -hmm. I agree um this is probably obvious but the movie is really emphasizing the men women gender binary um particularly particularly one second particularly Particularly how it shows up in the United States, like culturally. Um, And it's like certainly lacking in gender fluid analysis. But like, obviously, it's a movie we all still loved as non-binary people. So, you know. Um, Also, that is the reality of these sexless, crotchless dolls. Well, and it's the reality that we live like we live in a binary society. And so much of everything is kind of based off of that binary, too. Right, right. And I th- I think we'll get into it more. But like, I feel like there are ways that like, I don't know, like aspects of gender fluidity or like nonconformity, at least were explored, even if it was like, the characters are technically, perhaps all cis. Um, although there was at least one trans Barbie played by mm-hmm. Harry Neff. So it's not it's not entirely just like a cis straight I, world. For sure. For sure. Um, it's definitely not a straight world. Oh no! <laughs> of course, which not. we will discuss. <laughs> yes, Sugar's Daddy. Oh my god, that was I. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing worth noting, um, and obviously our listeners are undoubtedly aware of this. Um, the whole movie is like a marketing scheme. Like I do think Greta Gerwig transcended this in many ways, which we'll get into. But obviously. One of the things we are against on this podcast is rampant consumerism. And at the same time, we do understand that we live in a society and the media we consume may often address the things in society without toppling the hierarchies by doing so. Yes, for sure. And I think like we'll get into this more, but I feel like there could be like some, you know, like we were saying, there are some things that got in here that I feel like I was surprised that Mattel let in or that felt sort of like challenging to Barbie's place as a consumer product in some way. But also ultimately, this is just a huge advertising vehicle for Barbie and what they're already like planning new Mattel themed movies. So we'll we'll have to see. Like, I don't expect any of the others to be as good as this one, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think on that note, too, something that I've been thinking about, which is a little bit like meta or whatever, is so I read this article when I was an undergrad that at the time shook me and was essentially about how like patriarchy is so pervasive that even things that are like viewed as feminism, it was like, but what if that's what patriarchy wants you to do? Like, for example, at this time, it was talking about like people posting like, like hot selfies on Instagram. And it was like, that's being like deemed as like feminist, but actually what if that's because like, that's what patriarchy wants. Cause like now men get to like scroll Instagram and see all these hot right. selfies, that kind of vibe. And so now I'm like really thinking about that with this movie. Cause I'm like, yes, there are things that it's surprising Mattel allowed in, but then I'm like, that's their marketing scheme. Cause they also probably like want to seem like a woke company. And so they're like doing it so that you buy more Barbies, but also it is like anti them, but that also makes it look like you're pro them. And so I'm, that's my for sure. Yes. <laughs> I think, I think there's like a lot of layers of irony going on. And it was like, I guess it was sometimes hard to tell, like, was Mattel in on that joke or did they right. let something slip through that they might not have wanted to? Um, but yes, I, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of like, intentional like self-deprecating marketing now that's like just part of capitalism right that it's like oh because like are they right are they allowing these to be the butt of these jokes because then people will buy more products thinking that they're like down with that message or like they also probably are just really stupid they're like major capitalists so i'm like i don't know 
Yes. <laughs> um, but I guess, like, you know, speaking of all of the deep political conflicts that Barbie brings up as a as a brand, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about, like, the backlash that the movie received and kind of, like, how conservatives have been talking about it. Um, so, Addie, did you want to say more about that? Yes. And I do feel like I'm just going to give a very brief outline of the movie so we can understand the backlash. Um, and it doesn't really get into the plot, but it gets into some of the main pieces. Um, so in Barbie land, there are two primary types of people, Barbies and Kens. And all the things are centered around Barbie. And Barbie is many different Barbies, to be clear. And the Kens are very supplementary. Barbies are women capable of doing anything. They are doctors, lawyers, presidents, and Supreme Court justices. They win Nobel Prizes in science and literature, all while standing tall on their perfectly arched feet. <laughs> Kens don't do much at all. They beach, not to be confused with actually useful things like lifeguarding, and <laughs> are almost exclusively defined by their obsession with Barbie. There's a line that's something like, Barbie has a great day every day. Ken only has a great day when Barbie looks at him. Yes. <laughs> um, and the main Barbie and Ken, played by Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, go into the real world to try to fix what's been malfunctioning in Barbie land. When Barbie gets to the real world, she quickly realizes that not everything is focused around the Barbies or women and actually feels unsafe almost immediately. And Ken is delighted to realize that he has power and that he matters. Adventures ensue from there, but basically that is the gist and what is pertinent to why people lose their minds. Also, um, I just want to add like, so in the beginning of the movie in Barbie land, like, they think that they're living feminism, and they think that they, like, solved that, like, the real world has feminism yeah, because they, of they Barbie. Yeah, they think that the real world, like, is like Barbie land, right. essentially, I think is the implication. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, they said in the beginning something that was, like, Barbie, like, solved feminism or something. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, then it's, like, when she goes into the real world, she realizes. Right. Oh, no. Exactly. And to go back to what Zoe was talking about, about the creation of Barbies, like the entire point of Ruth Handler making this toy was to make a toy that could do and be anything like she didn't have to just be a mom up until that point. The majority of toys for young girls were babies. So the implication is that you were playing a mother when you're playing with her. Um. So she could be anything, but to be clear, other than a normal human size proportion. Um, and <laughs> they didn't introduce black and brown Barbies until way later. But the idea is that Barbie can do anything so that little girls can turn into women who feel powerful enough to do anything too. Like that's the idea of the toy Barbie. As long as they're really hot. Exactly. <laughs> And ridiculous proportions. Say, also, I maybe this is we should talk about this later actually. But is has there been a fat Barbie or like a Barbie that had any other body type? The because one where was... you lift the arm and the boobs grow. She's not fat, but okay, she's like shorter and that like she's like a little more like stout because she's supposed to grow. My brother right. literally went to a Barbie store in New York City or Las Vegas somewhere and asked to see their fat Barbies and he got like the worst looks ever. And this was in like, I don't know, 2003. So maybe they do now, but they did not. <laughs> okay. At, at but that as time. of 2003, no. Okay. Yeah. That's a uh, firsthand reporting. Absolutely. But all that to say, the main backlash to the movie came from men, unsurprisingly, um, who tried to suggest that the entirety of the Kens was completely emasculating and that the whole movie is like making fun of men, which like, yes, the men were the butt of a lot of jokes, but that's the fucking point. Uh, anyway, right. we'll, we'll get into it. 
The movie's making fun of patriarchy, and maybe you should think about why you feel so attacked by that. Literally. <laughs> and um, Ben Shapiro literally did a 45-minute YouTube rant where he set a Barbie on fire. Like, you know, a normal, insane person. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny to me because Ryan Gosling fucking crushed this role like it was truly so mesmerizing and so well done and in many ways he was like my favorite character because of that um mm-hmm. and his ability to just like switch between the ken vibe that he was doing and another batshit argument according to conservative politicians hollywood is attempting to manipulate the American public into consuming Chinese propaganda via subliminal messages about international maritime disputes. Like, this is... What on earth? There was, like, a whole bunch of politicians pushing this because apparently there's, like, a, a drawn map at some point that, like, by, like, crayon that, like, vaguely looks like China... Yeah, it's there's like a crayon drawn world map. Um, and I think it's that it like it basically like takes China's side in a territorial dispute. I don't remember which one, but it's like saying that China owns something that like the US doesn't agree that China owns, right? Um, or controls, you know, um, which also like colonialism is bad. Right. Um, right. But, not, like, like this is right. also a ridiculous like it was a crayon it's, map. It right. really wasn't that deep. Yeah, it's not that fucking deep, but it, go off. Um and there was also a lot of backlash to using queer and trans actors like Harley Neff, which Ozzy already mentioned, and Kate McKinnon. Um and obviously we applaud that here. Um And I think the brilliance of this movie and why if you go see it, you'll hear all the femmes in the crowd just like cackling a whole lot is because it truly is a poignant and incredible way to understand just a sliver of the hellishness that comes from being a woman or femme in this society or being perceived as a woman or femme in this society. And the ending sees a happier Barbie land for both Barbie and Ken. So that is true. I have questions about the ending, but we'll get there. But first, I, I want to talk more about Ben Shapiro's reaction to this film. Yes. Um, <laughs> because let's let's start from the beginning of Ben Shapiro going to this movie. Ben Shapiro dressed up as Ken. Oh. I'm obsessed. Went wearing like the black t-shirt with like the sideways black belt buckle and like black jeans. Um Posted a f- and then posted a photo of himself in this outfit in front of like the movie poster holding pieces of paper and tweeted, my producers dragged me to see Barbie in quotes. It was one of the most woke movies I've ever seen. My full review of this flaming garbage heap of a film will be on my YouTube channel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. The next morning he posted a video called Ben Shapiro in caps destroys the Barbie movie for 43 minutes. During which he did destroys. (laughs) He did throw Barbie and Ken into a trash can and light them on fire. Also, he said a lot of other things. To Ken's (laughs) oppression is to light him on fire. (laughs) I've been saying shoot them into the sun for a long time now. (laughs) Yep, big time. (laughs) And so on this video, he said, "Well, folks, wasting two hours of my precious time—two hours I'll never get back." Two hours around my deathbed, I will wish that I had not spent that time doing and said he was viscerally angry and then just like said all these ridiculous things. He said that um, the movie included like transgender Barbie and questioned that that um, or just mentioned that and was saying how like the movie is claiming the real world exists under patriarchy and how ridiculous is that? And then he says, quote, I mean, Greta Gerwig is a lady. Very fucking astute, Ben Shapiro. She's making a good living off this. Margot Robbie's playing the lead. In fact, the entire cast, aside from basically Ryan Gosling, is women. So it seems like women are doing okay. Which is like, as to what Addie said, there aren't just as many Kens in the movie. They don't have that many lines because, like, that's part of the point. Right. Um, Right. But it's odd to be, like, it. it's a fairly split gender cast like yeah he also oh he also and it was saying how like the target audience is seven-year-old girls and therefore the movie's inappropriate no it's not 
Oh my god. Definitely not. Like he was also, like, seven year old girls should not be seeing these things. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, first of all, like, they yeah, can and I that's like fine. There wasn't yeah, they can. Anything that I would be I mean, I wasn't watching it with that eye, so parents feel free to dispute this. But like I feel like it was intended that like a child, like a pretty young kid, could see it and it wouldn't right. be like like they wouldn't get what like, we got out of it. But yeah. Right. Like there also, wasn't anything like, like explicitly right like but conservative longer. parents don't want their kids to know anything political so that's, they're like but it's that's also true. like there was a part where they were like sexism is real so yeah that, right I guess, exactly ben Shapiro probably hates that <laughs> exactly um so yeah anyway i just felt that more detail was needed because yeah. that, there's been a lot oh, specifically you. around ben shapiro's right like reaction and it's still so funny that he dressed as ken and then posted himself in that outfit being like my producers made me go it's like you fucking wore ken costume yeah yeah that makes it even funnier like i feel like he was really excited to see it and then he thought it was gonna like reinforce his worldview and it didn't that made him really sad yeah he was probably like i love barbie she's hot that's my sex doll yeah like he was crying about that um well let's get into some more like plot details of the movie itself um so I wanted to start out by talking about the opening to this movie because I really feel like it kind of for me just like set the tone for the whole film and like I think without that I would have liked the whole movie a lot less. Um, So basically it opens with like a shot for shot remake of 2001 A Space Odyssey with like the apes worshipping the obelisk but instead it's little girls worshipping a giant Barbie doll. Which Um, is... not a CGI. That giant leg of Barbie is a two-scale Margot Robbie leg oh that they God, that created amazing. as like a statue. Wow, that's that's so beautiful. Um, that's incredible. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't even but... put that in our notes, but I read it when I was doing research for this, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> that is that's amazing. amazing. And iconic. Um. But yeah, so I guess like to me, it's it's sort of going through this thing that Adelaide mentioned that like Barbie was the first doll that wasn't a baby doll so that like you could you could play at like other professions and parts of adult life besides mothering, um, like as a young girl playing with dolls. Um, But also, I feel like by giving it this like extremely like over the top obviously sort of campy like referential um tone to it as they're saying like barbie is this like great it's that's this is the part where they sort of say like barbie solved feminism or something when they're like explaining the worldview of the barbies um and it's like it makes it clear that there's some amount of like tongue-in-cheekness with the grandiosity and the like at least coming from like some aspect of the production i'm assuming more so from greta gerwig than from mattel but like some aspect of like we are also just talking about a doll here and i think like when you think of something like ben shapiro's reaction it that feels like a very clear example of how like people just make too much of this sometimes or like it's like it's just a children's toy as well in some way and like yeah obviously i would say part of the argument of the movie is that like even something as simple as a children's toy reflects and like absorbs all of these other like cultural factors and like can't be divorced from any of that but also at some level it is it is a toy for children to play with and it's just not that deep um and like having it be represented as this like sort of pinnacle of human existence i think was like a funny to me, it was a funny interpretation of capitalism um, that, like, in some way, this is sort of like we're all like the little girls worshiping at the giant Marco Ruby leg. Um, That's right. With all of the products that we like use to find some modicum of happiness in this horrifying society. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just I really loved that like opening and I felt like it was very um, it, it set the tone for me completely. Um, and then there also was a later part that's like pretty near the beginning of the film as well, where there's like basically a callback to like the Matrix scene with the blue pill and the red pill, where it's like you have to choose which of these, and he holds them both out. Um, except it's Kate McKinnon who plays Weird Barbie, which is we'll get essentially it. also we lesbian Barbie. Yes. We got to talk about her more. Um, <laughs> oh, but we she will. offers like 
so Barbie, the first like sign that something has gone wrong in Barbie land is Barbie's feet become flat. So they don't perfectly fit into heels anymore. Um, and so Kate McKinnon offers her like a heel or a Birkenstock. Yes. Um, and I love that. that to me was just like, so, so gay. Like, I don't like, I feel like there definitely was some like self-awareness of of the queerness in this film which we will talk about more but um yeah so i i thought both of those were like very well done and kind of like to me read as both like an argument for putting more like femme focused media into the canon um and like conceptualizing barbie as like a girl's toy as something that's just as important as like a boy's rocket ship or um you know in the case of the matrix i think a lot of like right-wing men have taken the message from it in a different way but also it is a film made by a trans woman who has said that like that is an allegory for trans yeah two well. trans like, women choosing exactly um yes so i think like both linking it to both of those felt like a very intentional choice to me um, i agree and it was one that i liked okay also i have to say a small thing about closer to fine in this movie i feel like we we should talk more about this but one one small beef that i have is well just really quickly it's only used when people leave and enter barbie land just to let people know yes that's and it's kind of like there's a part of the journey to and from barbie land that's like a road trip you have to drive and it's always like when they're in the car it's what's playing on the radio um it's unclear if that's just like always what's playing on the radio in Barbie land. We're not sure, but um, it could be. I think um, it's supposed to be because then when it switches to Kendom, it's like, um, oh, yeah, it changes. this is now the only song is Ken's favorite song. So I think the idea is like there is one song that plays on the radio in this world. Okay, amazing. I'm so glad you've seen it twice because I didn't catch that <laughs> on my first viewing. Um, I am an but... expert now at the Barbie movie. <laughs> Yes, you and really and the are. Ken song is a Sam Smith song. You wanna push me around? That song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god, that song. Never mind. Not that Ken. The Sam Smith song is a different Ken song, but obviously Sam Smith is a non-binary icon, and we love them anyway. Yeah, Ken's radio show is the push you around. That's song. right. That's right. <laughs> there are other songs um, in the movie but these are the songs that like canonically play on the radio yes i remember yes i forgot that it was i push you around but when that first went i was like you fuckers like that's, then that's what all the kids are singing on the yes, beach yes yes <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, there were some great uses oh. of music in this film. Um but yeah, i guess so basically this is kind of like the road trip song the the radio of this movie um which is very gay and i honestly was sort of offended that they used this song and then there was no lesbian kiss like i feel like if you play closer to fine in the movie you must have at least one gay kiss um that's yeah. just my personal rule as an artist others i may think disagree, that's valid but um but so i i did like disagree with that artistic choice but Otherwise, obviously, I loved that that was the song and it was like really great to just see a bunch of different actors singing along to Closer to Fine um, because inevitably they always end up singing along to it by the end. Um, but okay, so my like other small beef with this is that they like advertised that my dad's favorite musician, Brandy Carlisle, was going to have a song in this movie and he texted me because he was really excited about it. Then I looked into it and it turns out she did a cover of Closer to Fine for like the like bonus release edition of the album, but it isn't actually played in the movie itself. So I don't, you know, I feel like they just, they didn't have a place for it, but it would have been fun to hear that in the movie. But it's also great to just hear the original Closer to Fine, which is a perfect song in my opinion. Hell so yeah. that's, that's that on that okay what's uh, everyone's favorite song on the barbie soundtrack or in the movie wow that's a great question i feel like i might need to look at the list to like okay oh i can go first yes well you've seen it (laughs) twice so you should start okay mine is and there's a little anecdote so 
Margot Robbie really wanted that I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world song to be in the movie. And like, okay, yeah, I was grow sad it. that wasn't in it. They couldn't get the rights to it. But so a little bit of it is in the remix that's in the movie that's like, yeah, I'm a Barbie. I'm an adult, but I still want to party. And that's my favorite song. And I can't stop listening to it. Amazing. I think, honestly, the Dua Lipa song might be my favorite. I love the that The one that's song. like... That's going to. Dance the night away. It's just so catchy. And I feel like it's, like, perfectly... It's, like, a good song and also a good, like... I don't know, kind of, like, what... It, I feel like what it needed to be in the movie is kind of, like, almost like a parody of a disco song. And it's, like, yeah. it serves that sort of, like, campy disco vibe while also just being a banger. Um, yeah. Which no, is that is banger. <laughs> Um, I think mine is the Carol G song, um, Watiti, and I just love Carol G. Hell yeah. It was, it was a great soundtrack <laughs> overall. Um, and it's there really was a like, soundtrack. I was surprised by how much singing there was. And I it always love it. It is actually a musical. A mm-hmm. Yeah. My hot take is it's a it musical. Really is. It is. <laughs> but it was not really marketed as one, which I think no. is interesting. But I, I was thrilled. I loved it. Um, okay, so move, moving along in in the plot of the movie itself. So we we talked a little bit about how it's like the Barbies think everything is perfect, and then Margot Robbie's character goes into the real world and realizes, like, oh shit, we did not solve feminism. The world kind of sucks for the real world. Kind of sucks for women in many ways. Um, and I actually, this was like one of the most effective parts of the movie to me, I guess because it's like so obvious how the thesis that like Barbies have solved feminism is false, that it just, it felt very like clearly debunked very quickly. Um, and I thought that was done effectively, but I also felt like it was a really good allegory for sort of like I don't know, a kind of like white savory feminism mm-hmm. or just like corporate feminism in general, where it's like thinking that you can like come in and impose like what you think is perfect onto someone else and that will solve all of their problems. Where like it really felt like when Barbie was going up to real women, they were just like speaking a totally different language. Like they didn't have the same context of the terms of what they were even talking about. And like that gap felt and like I guess Barbie coming to understand how much she doesn't understand about the real world um felt like an effective part of the movie to me and like I I liked that sort of like argument or theme that it had yeah I I definitely agree and I just think there was so much of that like subtle play with that specifically that made this show or this show this movie so good yeah, also when they're in the real world, okay, I kind of think Barbie in the real world is boring, but they needed Ken yeah. to go to the real world to discover patriarchy. Exactly. Um, and yes. and that had to happen. <laughs> um, but anyway, one, one thing that I just don't think people are talking about enough, which is what we're here at Season of the Bitch to do. Okay, when Barbie goes up to the lunch table and talks to like those four girls, the main human girl in the movie is named Sasha, and then her friends around the lunch table are Yasmin, Chloe, and Jade, which are the original brat dolls. Those were the four original brat dolls. Amazing. And so, and they were being like, fuck you, Barbie. We fucking hate you. You ruined our lives. And the brat dolls, like, granted, they're still, like, very beautiful and whatever, but they were supposed to be more, like, kind of, like, real girls. And they are more of these, like, bratty tweens, and Barbie is supposed to be, like, a, like, mature adult. Um, and so they were, like, playing with that. Apparently, the reason that the Barbie movie didn't make that, like, a more clear reference is that there's been, like, past legal issues of copyright infringement between, like, Barbie and Bratz and, like, the companies. Yeah. Yeah. So they've, like, had beef. So that's why people think that they, like, weren't really able to, like, play more with the idea of, like, the girls being Bratz. But I think naming it after them is still, like, very clear that's what they were doing. And they had, like, they had, like, similar, like, style and kind of vibe to Bratz without being, like, too direct. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And then... I feel like... Oh. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. I... So, very soon after this scene that Zoe's talking about, Barbie, re- like, goes out and sees the mom, um, Sasha's mom, like, who works 
for Mattel is that's part of the thing. But basically, Barbie's in the real world to find her human. And she thinks it's the daughter. She thinks it's Sasha, but it ends up being the mother. And basically, they need to get to know each other to solve the problems of Barbie land. And the mom, who I'm forgetting her name. America Ferrera, or her name well, in the movie. Yeah. Her name in the movie. For, yeah. I don't know her movie name. Right, <laughs> I know. I'm, I almost said America Ferrera, too. I was I like, mean, yes. We, we can just call her America Ferrera. <laughs> yes. I don't know who we're talking about. So Barbie and America Ferrera have this moment almost immediately where they're like, the daughter asks basically like. Gloria. If, her name is Gloria. Gloria. <laughs> if they have like a crush on each other. And she looks in the mirror back at Barbie and, and she's like, I mean, and Barbie did like the same thing back. Like they were like, I mean, it's not the primary reason we're here, but it's not off the table was the vibe, <laughs> you know, like, um, so I just loved that as a little gay moment. Yeah, that's, I feel like, I think I missed that, honestly. So I love that. Um, you should really I, see it a second time. I, I need to see it a second time. <laughs> like, I feel like there was just so much going on in the theater because it was like everyone was there. To, I saw it like on the day it came out. Oh, um, oh wow. So in like, uh, like central Manhattan. So it was it was kind of crazy. Um, I definitely need to see it again. Um, <laughs> but so I guess to kind of like fully spoil this if if you don't want to know how this movie ends turn this off now <laughs> um but i really liked that like in terms of the kind of like white savior feminism i was talking about earlier i liked that the movie was able to capture why like this idea of women like leaning in or like just basically acting like men in the real world um isn't necessarily a good solution um because i think like i don't know personally one of my biggest beefs with white feminism's impact on the overall culture is this idea that like it would be good if everyone acted the way like cis white businessmen act and yeah, it's like or like even in the they are terrible they are in. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> but like that idea that you should like it would be good if everyone was like ruder and said EOD more. It's like, no, we should actually be talking about how much that being like that sucks. Um, and like, no one likes that. Like people feel oppressed by that because it's like aggressive and annoying um, to some extent. And like, that's obviously separate from like bigger sociocultural issues. But I just think like that kind of like aesthetic dispute is like, one where I'm just like, I don't want like more people who are not cis men to act like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think we should be celebrating how like there are great things about ways that like women and other people of other genders communicate that maybe more of us could, like, more cis men could take on. Um, Girl but, feminism. Yes, exactly. Um, but I guess because that was like one of the themes that I really liked, I was sort of disappointed that like the way that the movie ends is sort of it's like the Kens are going to take over Barbie land. They are able to turn it around um, and like explain feminism to the Barbies so that they're able to like they learned about patriarchy. Now they've learned about feminism. So now they can like become the real world, but gender swapped where like Barbies will have the power of cis men and Kens will have the power of cis women and like all of the attendant presumably harassment, et cetera, that goes along with that. Um, and I just felt like that was essentially Greta Gerwig or this movie, like straight up admitting that they have no actual like positive vision of what like gender freedom or like happy relationships between people of different genders would look like. Um, because like even on the movie's own terms, I feel like it was arguing that the real world was quite bad for at least half the people in it and so to be like yeah the solution is actually it's just going to be exactly like the real world and we're not going to change anything um made me sad and also i feel like even though things end in a happier place for both barbie and ken i don't think they end in a happier place for alan i think alan's right back where he started and, and I alan really is just the think... only male feminist of the movie 
Yes, like Alan, Alan is the only arguably like non-binary character in the sense that he, he isn't a Barbie or a Ken, which are the two genders of Barbie land. Um, so He's just I an felt Alan like, supporting the Barbies. Yes, like I felt like the lack of any sort of like change in his status made me feel like there's something like missing here. Like there wasn't really any... Um, yeah any any like positive articulation of what what we might want for like gender to look like um but or at least i didn't think it was strong enough to outweigh like some other ways that i that i had issue with it but i also just personally thought it was so boring that their solution to like when patriarchy and sexism is introduced into barbie land is just to like explain sexism at all of the barbies like that just felt so like what like a cis guy would think like would work i don't know it just felt very like we're gonna like facts and reason our way like out of this problem like we're just gonna explain that this is bad even though they seem to like it um and that also had some kind of like like white savory undertones to me of like some of the barbies were enjoying their oppression mm -hmm. um and you know we can argue whether that's actually the case in any real life examples of this but like for the other barbies to be like well we we know better and we're gonna decide that they can't be happy this way mm -hmm. um i like i didn't love that as being part of the message even though obviously overall the message was good that was like you know you shouldn't accept oppression from men um but yeah i guess i also just questioned like who that was for like who were they explaining sexism for in terms of the audience like why were there structures of this movie that were like here's what ben Shapiro. Is? i guess maybe yeah <laughs> Just yeah, and I feel like yeah. it was also like explained through like real life examples that basically everyone can identify with and so there's like this unshakable knowingness that kind of reverberates through. And the only thing I will say is if in this context it was like these Barbies all knew each other, they lived with each other for years and knew each other who they were. Right. That's true. And then they were like, "No, we're going to kidnap you and do this to to unbrainwash you." That's uh, that's the only reason why I felt okay is cuz I'm like, "Okay, all these Barbies know each yeah. other. This no, isn't you're like right. there was like, I mean, they clearly were brainwashed. Like yeah. that was I think what yeah. we were supposed to interpret was going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I also read it in a similar vein of like the idea that the antidote to like brainwashing and propaganda is just like pointing out the reality to people. Oh, I right. exactly. think is an interesting message. Although like, yes, the way it was done is very like, yeah, like let's explain sexism kind of. Um, but as like a larger picture, I thought that was interesting. Although my overall thought about the ending, I will say. Back to what Ozzy was saying. I don't think that the filmmakers knew how to end the movie. I think this for a couple reasons. Yeah, One, like, the ideas of gender well. goes nowhere. Also for Barbie, like, it was like, how does Barbie's story end? It doesn't. Like, there is no end. And I yeah. found that to also be kind of boring. Like, it felt like they didn't want to find the answers. And so they were like, it's totally up to you, which is like a little felt right. a little lazy um and like i get the point was like oh she can be whatever she wants she can be a real woman she can do anything she can go to the gynecologist even though she doesn't have a vagina um or any genitalia but like yeah it was just kind of like oh the story ends and they didn't really know what to do like the plot was good and then they were like mm -mm, how what happens now yeah, yeah, I feel like it also had that kind of thing that some movies that don't know how to end will do of, like, several endings. Like, there's the ending of, like, we're all happy in Barbie land, <laughs> and then there's the ending of, like, now you can be human, and then there's the ending of she's at the gynecologist. Like, it kind right. of felt like it had several endings and they couldn't choose which one. Several right. endings that were all and kind of, of also a not ending. <laughs> right, because yes. the Ken ending story is, like, him in a I am Kenuff. I am Kenuff. Sweatshirt, which <laughs> yes. is so, I'm obsessed. I'm literally it's obsessed incredible. with that. That is hilarious. Yeah. It is um, hilarious. 
And so it's like Ken realizing that he doesn't have to um, frame who he is in relationship to Barbie um, and that right. he can have like independent thoughts. Anyway. <clears throat> Let's talk about Alan. Yeah. I really <laughs> want to talk about Alan. So in this movie, there are two others. Um, the first is Midge, a pregnant Barbie who isn't featured too much. Um, and the other is Alan, played by There's Michael There's a couple Sarah. other others. The other two think, yeah, others wait, are there... Sugar's daddy. And I guess he is a Ken, natural he's earring Ken. But he's yeah. a special Ken. Right, natural earring Ken. <laughs> I think Sugar's daddy, is Sugar's daddy also a Ken? I think I don't... it was Sugar's Daddy Ken. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that he was a Ken. Because he... Okay. I thought I'm he not, was a different guy. They're both guy. like I'm not the weird Barbies that, of think... Ken. So, yes. Still, yes. Still it it was a Ken. <laughs> okay. Never mind. They're Kens. Um, I thought Sugar's Daddy for some reason that his name was That Sugar's does seem Daddy. like its own gender. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but then, because there's... It, we, is Midge the one who has the, like, inflatable breasts? Who's the one no. that, like, grows up? Oh, Skipper. Skipper, I think is Skipper is Barbie's sister who was not featured in the movie, which I thought was surprising, to be honest. Yeah, she was in the credits, but not the movie. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, but okay, anyway. Sorry. Anyway. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> Alan. <to> Alan. <laughs> Alan is played by Michael Sarah, um, as we were talking about before. And so Alan, as a toy, was introduced in 1964 as Ken's Buddy, TM. And yes, Ken's Buddy was indeed trademarked on the packaging. Yay. Although the word Buddy wasn't rife with homoerotic subtext, one of Alan's chief selling points was the fact that all of Ken's clothes fit him. Um <laughs> it, It's pretty amazing. amazing. And obviously, Buddy is code. So in the movie where the Kens are chiseled and tan, Alan is lanky and frail. While Kens sped, spend their days pining after Barbies, Alan spends his own time pining after Ken. And Alan is very obviously Barbie Land's resident gay, not to mention the original clothing of Alan includes a rainbow striped shirt, which is what Michael Sarah wore the whole time. Which, yeah, okay. He's the only one that doesn't have an outfit change. Which I thought was interesting yeah. because also this toy was marketed as fitting into all of Ken's clothes. Right. Why isn't he borrowing from Ken? He was like, Ken's canceled. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did. He canceled Ken. Like, Alan feels uneasy around the Kens from the get-go, which is pretty obvious. And as the movie progresses, as with many gays we know, he finds solace in staying with the Barbies instead. And again, as y'all pointed out, like, at the end, it's like, what? what's Alan's success you know it is also just like kind of an easy way to have a homoerotic energy to it and i felt like they could have done way more um but i obviously still loved alan yeah i agree i feel like i guess i think what you're pointing to is like part of what why i didn't like his ending as well because it felt like he was sort of the one character who doesn't conform to the gender dichotomy like he hangs out with the barbies instead and so it's like what what does this future look like for the gender non-conforming person or the person who like doesn't fit into these boxes but i totally agree that like even though the overall arc of the character what like i didn't love i thought that there were still so many great moments where alan was just able to be like there was like a gay subtext or like just you know, a character besides Ken who could be, like, a silly, like, goofy male character um, that I thought was, like, very effective. So I thought he did a great job with it, but they didn't know how to end this movie. No. Um, and, okay, so I also just want to talk about the attention to detail in the sets and costuming. Every yes, this single... was such a gorgeous movie. Like, it was so yes. fun to watch. Yes. And every single detail was a reference to Barbie merchandise that has one time been in circulation. 
It almost had like a Wes Anderson energy to it because every single shot had some little Easter egg in it. Everything was a carbon copy of something Mattel made, except for Weird Barbie, um, which is the Barbie that we started talking about before. But it's like she was played with too hard. We cut her hair. Um, we drew on her face. Like it's the one that we like m- made her clothes or whatever. Like a lot of us had those kind of Barbies that we like created into our own version of yes, something. I feel like for some people that was all of their Barbies. Yes. Um, I wasn't allowed to have Barbies because they promoted an unrealistic body image. Oh my God. California. My mom wouldn't buy Barbies, but I had hand-me-down Barbies from my cousin. Oh, yeah, I, I had wasn't Barbies. Even allowed to have hand-me-downs, but you know, I sold them <laughs> sometimes at other people's houses. Um, I do want to mention, though, also that Mattel has now literally introduced a weird Barbie to sell. Um, but so funny, which is ridiculous and goes against the whole vibe of it. But anyway, weird Barbie is DIY, right? Canonically, canonically. Also, part of weird Barbie is that her legs are stuck open because they made her scissor the other Barbies too much. Um, which first of all gay but second yep. of all how can they even fit her in the box like her legs have to be right. in the splits i wonder <laughs> if the toy is like that i wonder if it's everything I, except yeah that. i'm so curious because mm, i gotta feel like find that out. was a big part of it yes um but i just loved the idea that enough of us did that shit to our barbies that greta gerwig like her one like out of every like detail being exactly what it was was this like character because all the kens alan like it's all exactly what it was which is like amazing um yeah that's wild so i just really loved that i mean obviously the stuff in the real world had other types of vibes but right that yeah. wasn't all if that was all recreated barbie stuff that would be truly <laughs> oh my god yeah like i also saw oh my god yeah i saw these like videos on tiktok or instagram reels that like greta gerwig had like a barbie made of each person in the cast to like for them oh, and they're very yeah. cute i feel like i saw that that um, is adorable but yeah i also just like in conclusion, want to talk about, I think this is also just like a very like fun cultural moment. It's fun how like every, not everyone, so many people are like into the Barbie movie. And I think a lot of people are like, you know, like, oh, like pink is actually so fun. And like, let's like, oh, we're pink to the movie. Like it feels very like communal in a way that feels fun. Like I was in the locker room at the pool that I go to and like several other people in the locker room were like talking about the Barbie movie and just like we all ended up in conversation about it and it was just like I don't know that's like cute we're all like half naked changing in the locker room and then talking about how much we loved Barbie and I was like that's just like there aren't that many times I would say that there's like such a cultural touchstone that like everyone is really talking yeah well especially every femme like anyone who I think Yes, I was going to say. I would like, say a lot of men sell. are talking about it. Just I mean that, yes, for sure. As Particularly a lot of queer men. But like, yeah, I would say it's it definitely was a very like women and femme focused like thing in the sense that like Barbie is femme. So like if you were going to dress up as Barbie, that's obviously I mean, Barbie has a great day every day. If you were a Ken who was lucky enough to be chosen by Barbies to go to this movie with them, then like that's you're just along for the ride yeah it's all about barbie yeah i did consider doing the ken all black outfit and then ben shapiro did it so i did <laughs> not like no it's cursed <laughs> it's like, now are we going yes. to the barbie movie dressed as ben shapiro going to the barbie movie but i mean that would also be hilarious but but yeah. i don't know it was it was so. tainted yeah it was tainted <laughs> Um, well, I think that is going to do it for this episode, but, um, we've been having a lot of fun doing these review episodes. You might've noticed we've done a few recently, um, with our queer ultimatum review as well. Um, and we'd love to hear all of your recommendations for new gay discourse generating media that you want us to look at. I want us to do um, Heartstopper. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, we should. I, Ooh, need I have to watch, watch that, the new season. It's we um, we like have to talk about it because it's so okay. different from everything else. I loved the first yes. season, so I need to catch up. 
I haven't even seen the first season, so oh, I, need, I really need to catch up. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> also, but, oh my god, yes, that was so good. Um, but yes, so those could be some that will be coming up. Send us your other recommendations. Um, and of course, you can support our mission to afford the ever increasing cost of movie tickets and our own personal Netflix accounts now that we can't be on our parents or long ago exes accounts anymore at <laughs> patreon.com slash season of the bitch um just one dollar a month gets you access to our discord where you can get more movie and tv recommendations from us and the rest of our beautiful queer community in the internet tubes you can also find us on instagram at season of the bee and same handle on twitter or x or whatever elon musk is trying to call it these days Okay, if anyone is still listening, I just saw a tweet or like, what do you call them on X? A, a zit? A xit? Anyway. I think it's actually been Ugh. disputed whether it's an X or a post, but okay. I, it doesn't matter. Well, someone posted <laughs> that Twitter has now become Elon Musk's Mojo Dojo Casa House. Oh my god, and yes. I, think I also <laughs> saw that. That's so accurate. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, maybe don't find us there. Who knows? Um, but you can definitely... Find us on iTunes and Spotify if you want to leave us a nice review. Um, okay, that's all for this week. Love, Love y'all. you. Bye. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Bye Barbie. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs>